Hey everyone, it's Mike from BGN. Before the show starts, I wanted to quickly tell you about a very special new sponsor that we have at the network, Golden Goal Press. Now, I've intentionally been very selective about who we partner with as a network because I never want to advertise for someone that we don't think would benefit you personally. That's why Roughneck Scarves is and continues to be a great sponsor as they've been able to outfit tons of supporters groups and organizations with amazing scarves. Golden Goal Press is unique because after researching tons of companies, we decided the best way to serve your needs directly is to create a new company that can work directly with you. Golden Gold Press helps you create custom shirts, hats, mugs, flags, literally the list of items can go on and on and we do it with a unique personal touch that provides you with the best products at a fraction of the cost of other print shops online. So the next time you're looking for one custom item or hundreds, please go check out goldengoldpress.com. As always, we appreciate your support and now on with the show. USL show brought to you by uh, Roughneck Scarves, roughneckscarves.com and the Beautiful Game Arca podcast, bgn.fm on the interwebs and at the BGN FM on the Twitters. Um, I'm your host as usual-ish sometimes, Evan Valelli, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. Uh, I am joined by three of my favorite people. And like we tweeted out earlier at the USL show on Twitter, we all did really cool things recently. Like I moved into an apartment and... Uh, my my the waviest man in st louis metropolitan area phil grimms had a baby phil how's it going did you sleep at all yet <laughs> you know what's weird is we she had yeah. a giant baby and yeah. he's been a little bit bad so far but he slept a lot last night i feel pretty there good go. so cross good, my fingers good. it happens again tonight thanks for he asking. knew that you had to record a podcast so yeah he's like that oh. usl show and he needs to be yeah fresh. He needs to i'll be, be nice <laughs> uh someone else uh, graduated from college and that's right now our non-international international correspondent hello he, he tied with the theory of a college graduate <laughs> yeah it was weird like when i finished off my final exam on last thursday i was like i got back to camp and i was like wow i have nothing to do there's <laughs> like nothing left at least life, until man. grad school in the fall it was just kind of weird i was like Wow, no deadlines, no responsibilities. Yeah, no, it was really good to finish off of um, the bachelor's degree, especially in three years. What will your uh, resume say? What is it? What's the actual title of your bachelor degree? So it's a business administration with a concentration in management. But I'll more highlight that I finished it in three years. Oh dang! Yep. And that um, you know you're on a podcast. Yeah, there's that too. <clears throat> just to start out. First and foremost, on my blog. On my blog. Is on you, my resume. That's awesome. Anything I've written. There you go. That's good. You know that there are kids that were born and are now graduating college this year. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. After like that whole they're experiencing 18 years of their life, and that's I started college before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, there are people are who have <laughs> getting so fucking old. Oh man. There are kids who have graduated. Uh, high school after the year 2000 nuts uh someone that took a, a a step in adulthood that people really enjoy doing among other things uh and he might have a little more disposable income now i don't know it's a uh, big cab kevin mccamish with that promotion um, well yeah that's happened it's happened a little bit ago but <laughs> getting busy i got two employees i have a third one at a at a uh, branch office that We'll probably be hiring in the next month or so. Um, building out the team, big projects, lots of busy stuff. I, so, call, yeah. I called them paid slaves because you're going to work <laughs> them to death, right? <laughs> no, I'm uh, actually super nice. So one of one of my uh, employees was, is born in uh, the UK, um, outside of Blackpool. He's a Manchester United fan. Really? We, we, we do get along quite well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other kid... Uh, fresh graduate, um, really sharp, um, really sharp, really, really impressed with them so far. Good, good people. So nice, dude. Good. 
Congrats all around. Evan, Evan, you got to talk yeah, for a second because you moved into a new apartment, your first one ever. I, I did, and uh, this computer monitor does not have a webcam, so none of you can see it. <laughs> um, but everything's in now. We got the couch today. Congrats. That's a big deal. Do you have to put and it that together? Was the last piece, so that's that's good. Good, man. And yeah, nothing like, uh, nothing like watching a little U.S. Open Cup in the comfort of your own apartment. Imagine. Um, the scarves are displayed. Actually, if I ever get a webcam or whatever for this, the scarves are right behind me, so they will be visible on camera. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been good. It's been nice. It's been it's been needed, and uh, I should I should stop there. My mom does listen to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Oh, we'll Check. hang out. We'll hang out. Um, no, it's been really cool. I, I appreciate it. It's been a little hectic, a little weird, and, and doing podcasts and things are the last thing you kind of think about when they are just a hobby and you have real life stuff happen. Um, which I think is a blanket statement for all of us. Phil, to go back to your tweet about the things that we did, mm -hmm. uh, and for everyone either in the chat right now, uh, on our uh, on our YouTube live stream, uh, youtube.com backslash the USL show, or people that saw it and are curious, the person that bought 200 Crunch Bars was drunk, and his name was Pony. <laughs> uh, he's not here because apparently Comcast decided to stop working in the entire greater Sacramento area of California, uh, which is amazing. So um, we can't ask him about the crunch bars. I'll bet you. I bet you they just saw him order a bunch of crunch bars. They're like, "Oh, we gotta cut this guy's internet. We gotta shut down the internet." Yeah. Guy spending two twenty on crunch bars. I say not enough. I. You know, do do we think that Nestle's gonna reach out to him with their new marketing campaign they're doing for crunch bars? I hope so. He's pretty much I think the biggest. Us. I'm like, hey, uh, we heard you guys talking about us a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> He's pretty much sponsored by Nestle Crunch Bars, the bar that you buy when you're drunk. <laughs> Crunch Bar has. Is, is there a certain threshold of it? And it's like, okay, you're like really enjoying our product here. It's like, oh, oh yeah, 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 at least yeah. like, should we like contact you about this? This is kind of getting weird. <laughs> is there a, any other product out there? A, that there's a Nestle support group. If you buy too many of their candy bars at one time, <laughs> they give you a little uh, coin, like a sobriety coin, <laughs> like two months without a crunch bar. What would you would you put this on the this ask thread Reddit thread of what's oh, okay to have one of but weird to have a lot of mm -hmm. duis probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh what are we talking about here soccer we talk about soccer a lot we try well we try to talk about soccer a lot um hey look who made it back into our uh, into our world into our news into our cycle uh <laughs> oh friend of the show i guess uh alan coach has been fired by jeff birding after 11 matches into their inaugural mls season and uh oh boy what a press conference that was from from daddy jeff um saying that it was not about the results it was about the uh the morale of the team and having uh, a distinct you know yes. purpose or rhyme or reason to the way you're building the team yes uh, which there's a lot to unpack there. Cincinnati, by the way, two wins, two draws, seven losses on the season, eight goals for 17 against no goals in their last five. Uh, last goal was literally a month from today. It was on April the 7th. Yohan uh, Demet is their interim coach. They will be looking for somebody else who that will end up being. I don't know. I think we can come up with, and we will provide a couple of <laughs> suggestions if they want to look back down into the USL side of things, but I imagine they uh, they might not want to do that given how that went the last time. Um, Jose Mourinho to Cincinnati. Okay, great. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, guys, I guess any... Um, I guess any initial thoughts? I know, Kev, you and I have probably seen Cincy a little bit more than Phil or Ryan might have, but... I, well, I mean, as I had mentioned, I think earlier today, it's uh, it's a little bit shocking that they would just cut someone yep. this early in the season. Like I, I've seen teams perform poorly and and pull the trigger early, but never this early. Yeah. And and you gotta you gotta like the the ex I'm gonna call it an excuse because I mean it's you know it's always about the results. Sure. Uh, no matter what anybody says, anybody, not just these guys. I mean, literally, if anybody says, "Oh, we're firing him because you know he." 
did something. It's like, no, it's about the results. It's always. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, I just don't know if they're, uh, it's an overreaction, I think. Yep. Because A, you're an expansion side. Um, just everybody seriously needs to come back to, like, everybody that, over there in the club, fans of the club need to come down to freaking reality. Right. Uh, you know, expansion teams do not just, you know, go in and be like, woohoo, we're going to win everything the first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, smart teams play the long game. Sometimes it works out early if you have a boatload of money, of which it does not appear Cincinnati does. They don't have the Atlanta money or the LAFC money yeah. um, that has joined the league recently. And, you know, I, it's, it's, even though that's a parody, it's MLS salary cap, all that junk, it's still about the money. Um, if you're coming in mid-range, like I think Cincinnati is, mm-hmm. uh, play the long game, develop, plan for the future. You know, And if, you've, if you're sticking with a coach for three years and you think he's doing great and he's building that culture that you want, that style that you want, and you think it's going to work in MLS, then you, know, you hire him and you stick to him. Right. You don't just be like, oh, we hired him. And then he's not doing what we want him to do because culture wise, everything else wise that, that literally he's been doing for three years. So, yep, that's the reason why we, we decided to part ways. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. It, really, my problem is I don't know how changing the coach right now impacts anything for this team. I don't think it does. Like your transfer window closed today. Yep. Uh, I don't think you're solving your problems with a different formation. I don't think you're solving your problems with a different idea. Um, you know, I, I think what happened was Adi got a DUI and that kind of screwed everything up. And then I think one of your your longest tenure guy, Jimmy McLaughlin, tore his ACL, probably is going to have to retire now. Which is unfortunate. Which is unfortunate, but I mean, that's another guy like that. Him being depressed and, 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 you know, not being able to play, which I'm sure bums him out, can probably rub off on some of those other guys. So um, I don't know if just blaming this all on Allen Coach and then, you know, shuttling him off and then trying to find um, another guy quickly is going to be the right answer. Because, I mean, who do you have to replace him? Anthony Hudson's around. But I don't think you want to do that. So, um, I, I mean, Ryan, Phil, is there anybody in USL that you're like, they should probably get a get a look at? I don't know. It's just my big thing is when you make decisions like this, you should have someone in mind to at least try and take over. And, and not to discredit the interim guy who they hired, who is 29 years old. It just it seemed that that was more of a placeholder decision. Oh, for sure. And, it just more so to the point that you don't see expansion sides get rid of their head coach so soon. The earliest in the past couple of years, the earliest an expansion side has ever dumped a head coach was uh, Jason Christ after the first season with NYCFC. Then after that, it was uh, Adrian Heath after a year and a half with Orlando. Who well, I think the earliest MLS that has ever dumped a head coach was there is New York Red Bulls a few years ago or earlier. They dumped a guy after eight games. It's just, I don't think they can get anyone from USL. I mean, when O'Connor went up to Orlando. He went up at the end of May, beginning of – basically, he went up in June. It just still seems like it's way too early in the season that hey, no USL coach is going to want to jump ship for MLS, potentially one as much of a – I don't, I don't want to say garbage fire, but one as a fractious of a situation as this. When it comes to situations like this, the easiest thing, I think if people are disgruntled with results, is sacking the manager, but that may not solve all your problems. Yeah, I think I think you make a really good point there. This is akin to um, James O'Connor joining, you know, a dumpster fire that was orange or that is uh, Orlando City. City. Thank you. Orlando City. So um, it's yeah, there's a it's a real random roster, especially the last several editions are just like who's talented that we can just grab like anyone. Um, not that they're bad players, but, you know, that rhyme or reason we were talking about earlier, the the roster's full of them. And you have to wonder, is it Luke Sassano is, is their GM, sporting director? Yep. You have to wonder if like he had a role in that or not. Maybe not. I don't know. But gosh, that it is a mess of a, of a situation. And if people are looking at James O'Connor, one of the best USL coaches out there, top yep. five, top ten at the very least, um, he's having trouble down in Orlando City. So They are seventh in uh, the Eastern Conference of MLS, and that is a playoff spot this year. Uh, three wins, three <laughs> draws, and four losses. Um, 
that helps. Phil, I, I think you and I have a couple people that we would, in a perfect world, see maybe move up and take this spot. Um, although, that being said, I think the people that we're thinking of, uh, we like as people and don't want them to have to do <laughs> right. this stuff <laughs> yeah. at the next level necessarily. Um, so, uh, that being said, I think... Okay, so I was going to say, I think Brendan Burke could be really good at this role. My problem is, since he doesn't have an academy yet, I think they just announced... They are getting two... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for him, what he's very good at is developing younger players. And I look around at that Cincy team, and Frankie Amaya is a really interesting piece, but other than that, I don't see a lot of that there. None. Um but, I mean, you know, Brendan's a guy that he's been in MLS before. He's with an MLS 2 side. He's around MLS every day, you know. I mean, I, if he's going to go, um, I think that's a guy that, that you can feasibly attract to that area. Um, and then the other people that popped into my head as far as guys that you're probably not going to be able to get, you know, Jason Christ is off the table, I think, is the U23. I think Tab Ramos is never leaving the U.S. U20s. Um, you know, there's a lot of good coaches that just aren't, you know, disappointing with or, or that aren't unhappy where they are, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And so mine is um... – Mine is Poulos, who has gotten yeah. an offer. Caleb Porter wanted him as an assistant before this year started, and I had a bit Whoa. of a heart attack. Um, <laughs> but that didn't happen, thank goodness, though that would be a really good move for Poulos. Um, sure. Kind of like Bethlehem's coach, I'd really yeah. like to see him do what Poulos has done, which is go from yeah. a two side to an indie side and prove his worth. And, mm -hmm. and obviously with him as well as many others, like James O'Connor, it took a second year to kind of get get moving. So that's another sad fact that right. perhaps Koch didn't get a fair shake. But um, Poulos, I think, is obvious, especially as well as they're doing in their second year here. Some other shouts, uh, Braden Cloutier um, at Orange County. If they make a recovery this year, I really like his style of football. Uh, Simon Elliott has been pretty successful at Sacramento. Um, okay. and then, uh, these are just like half shouts, you know, um, did we lose them? I might've done. Yeah. Simon Elliott. I'm still here. Oh, Ryan. Yeah, I know. I think Phil's not the, right on. sorry if I Phil froze in time, right on. Oh, he's back. All right. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So that was Cloutier at OC. Um, um, no, well, he was there for a second. Ugh. Ian Russell over at Reno is another. I think Comcast one. decided to take out St. Louis. Oh, they're coming! They're going! They're sweeping across the, <laughs> sweeping across they're, the. They're targeting all of our cities. Wait, Kev, wouldn't you have been next though? Well, no. How do we? It's it's a it's a faint. Comcast doing their thing. They're starting on the letter S. Oh, well, speaking of speaking of people that live in places with S, is is funny. What? What's happening? This is fascinating. What is it because Pony came on? Then maybe he froze. Uh, did I send Phil? Alan, come on! I did not send Phil my internet. Thank you. <laughs> he might have met Pony. We'll he might have met Pony. What's up, Evan? I'll see Hi. if Evan actually holds. Hi, on other Evan. Yeah, we'll see if this is one of those things where Comcast teases me by giving it back connection for ten minutes and then ripping it away again or not. <sighs> anyway, uh, other news. Do I do? Can we let League One Fun cover the League One expansion team? Yeah. I'd be cool with that. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Um, and then, uh, oh, by the way, when you miss uh, th three weeks, um, I, I tweeted it out that we're going to kind of do a 30,000-foot view, if you'd like, of the last month-ish or just kind of the first order of uh of the season for usl because i think there's interesting things that have happened um that being said uh what the hell i don't know <laughs> does anyone have um i mean who wants to start with the overachieving underachieving usl side things i'll go up with the first uh, overachieving yeah. side 
And my pick for that is New Mexico United. So going into the season, I still had the bold prediction that New Mexico United would be the best expansion side. And we were all picking them around fourth or fifth in the West at max. But here we are to matches played, and they are atop the Western Conference. Uh, 22 goals scored, 14 allowed, four wins, five draws, and a loss. And they've scored in every match except for one, which was a a no-no result against RGV. Cincy Moorhead and Kevin Freider have seven goals. Chris Wien and Devin Sandoval both have three. He, this team has just been unstoppable. Well, for a good chunk of the season, they can get they've pulled in crowds of fifteen thousand. It seems like they've really energized the region, and I would say that they've shocked a lot of USL just based off of the market they've been able to grab, the goals they've been able to produce from Moore and Freider. And just how well they've been playing. Mizell is kind of replicating what he did in Charlotte just now in New Mexico. It's just overall one of the more surprising teams from the season. Yeah. And they smacked San Antonio on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have been though. But not that bad. Not that bad. They're not. Um Yeah, they just play a really nice brand of soccer right now. Yeah, I think the win against San Antonio was needed because they actually played defense for once. Because <laughs> going into this week, they had more three-goal-allowed games than shutouts. Mm. Yeah, with you there. That was worrying me. And I didn't. I just didn't think San- Santi Morar could keep this going, and here he is doing it. So. There you go. Yeah, I, um, and it's funny because I was watching uh, Bethlehem play Loudoun United, and, uh, and I tweeted it out. <clears throat> kind of passive aggressively as like a reply to somebody um, that was mentioning something, but uh, like part of what like makes more so effective. And I, I think some of the problem that like Loudon or Atlanta United two or this year's iteration of Bethlehem are having is they don't have those guys in their like mid twenties or whatever that can come on and just kind of close games out. Or I guess in New Mexico's case, you know, they have Sandoval and Moar and, um, you know, a lot of really nice pieces that have experience that can come in and kill off a game or, you know, New Mexico is just putting everybody out of reach by like the 60th minute. But um, it is really nice to see him. Uh, I don't even want to say like Excel is an understatement, but like just really dominate the league uh, with New Mexico. United. Crazy combined, Moar and Freighter have 14 goals, and that's more than 21 other clubs have altogether this season in USL. And separately, Moar and Freighter have more goals than like Tacoma and Hartford have scored all season. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Ouchie, yeah. yeah, it's funny. I just to think about team building, and I'm like, what is the what is the how did they do this? You know, what did they pick up? Who did mm-hmm. they get? What is their mix? What is their tactics? What did they do right? You know, in team building, and there's so many variables. I don't even think well, I could put it together. But and is it is it Lassen being able to get the most out of those guys too? Yeah, but is it is it him? Is it? I guess the system is him. Well, you know? I mean, the the actual answer, even though it's a cop out, is that it's a perfect storm of everything. Yeah, I know. I guess it's a cop out, but yeah, that'll, uh, that'll be the fun in the future years is to see if that is you know perfect storm sure. and it never happens again. Sure. Uh, Phil, who you got for for overachievers? Oh yeah, mine is uh, very unscientific. Just to warn you ahead of time. No, um, go for it. Um. I picked uh, NCFC as a bit of a, they're going to fall down the table a little bit. They've, it's a long shot. This one is a long shot because they have, they defend pretty solidly, but they seem to just rely on the counterattack. And and I'm just curious if that's going to work all season. It might, it might, but I just feel like there's going to be a lot of games where they just aren't able to quite finish on so few chances, you know? Um, So I just think they might fall a little bit, even though they really do have their stuff together. I still feel like they're going to make the playoffs, no problem. Uh, but yep. I don't know if they'll be as dominant as they are. They've been very good. Um, but Sarakin, I had doubts about Sarakin, and I proved wrong for sure, for sure. I mean, um, they did have that no-no result against Indy 11, and I know Pony going into that match said that was going to be a big key to deciding where they would be for the rest of the season as their next four or three of their next four are on the road of at Ottawa, host Birmingham, at Baby Bulls, and then at Hartford. Yeah, so they the only loss they have is 
baby bulls or actually no there's more than that. united too yeah um which is weird but you know they t- drew the rowdies as well so as indy 11 oh no, yep. no 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 i'm looking at the wrong thing it doesn't matter they're doing great they're doing great yeah, um, i think i want to see them get a good win their best wins against louisville and louisville's been pretty hit and miss this season that's a good point NCFC has scored in every single match this year up until that Indy 11 no no draw. Hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. I guess their competition hasn't been as hard either, so that is in my favor. Um, my riser is Charlotte Independence. I didn't have to think too hard to pick them. Um, lots fun. of lots of flaws um, in that team. Yeah, I just feel like they're going to iron it out. And it may not even be a this year thing, but I, I feel like if they, I feel like I feel a, you know, a nice rise at the final third of the season. I think Ottawa did something like that last year, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're going to do that and, and then be good next year. There's just a lot of really good individual talent. And if those guys live up to their, their, their breed, I guess, I don't know um, that they're going to be a very good team unless someone does a terrible job coaching them. There's a lot of nice individual humans on that team that we quite like as well. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so we're we're not 100 percent unbiased in wanting to see some folks that we uh, <laughs> that we know and that I I talk to quasi frequently do well. And obsessive um, fans of that team are also some of the nice. Yeah, people. I like a couple of the guys in, in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'll tell you what. It's funny. They're actually my uh, my underachievers. Um, but I think kind of for the same reasons. Like, I mean, I. And I think the worst thing that they can do is is get rid of Jim McGinnis. Um, only because I think when you go to hire him in the first place, you have the understanding that that's not a, you know, three-month project or a, a half-year project or whatever. Like, that's going to take over a year to, to kind of come to fruition. Um, and for him to get a feel for you know, what style he wants to play at the, at the pro level and then just how U.S. soccer differs from, you know, the Celtic youth system because I'm sure there's, you know, a couple of, of differences there or even in China where he was previous. But, um, yeah, there's a, they're the team. The one that I think is actually um, underachieving right now and then I have another team that's just bad that I think are, I want to talk about. Um, I think Memphis have been a little unlucky. Uh, Ooh. Like, yeah. I have uh, a thought on that. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Burge Collier and, and Adam EM, like, good players. They produce decently well. Um, I Like, Collier or, or one of their other forwards just needs to step up for me. They've been really not clinical in front of net, and I think that's hurt them a good bit. Um, like what was it? The draw they had against North Carolina, I think it was, could have easily been a win. And I think they actually scared Louisville more than that scoreline is going to let on. Um, you know, I they had like a decent run from like the middle of March into April, where I think they picked up like four points in in four matches, uh, which again. Not setting the world on fire, but for an extent, for an expansion team, I'm only gonna you know rate them so high. Um, but I like their attacking pieces they have. I don't think they're that bad defensively. Here's when Pony comes in and tells me that I'm really wrong. Um, but I, you know, I, like I have a little bit of faith that they're gonna click, and maybe not you know like firmly be in the playoffs. But I definitely think uh, there's a chance that they sneak in, especially with some of these teams that normally perform really well not performing really well <laughs> yeah so my thought is they just got yuck and graph and he they did, looks... which is a forward who really likes to score goals exactly and i think that was their weakest point is mucket is super athletic yep. i think in the new usl he's not quite good enough to score a lot of goals i think he's going to be useful to help yuck and graph score and I think we saw that in the last game. I'm trying to pull up. I forgot who they played. They played, come on, baby, uh, Birmingham, Birmingham Legion, Yeah. which also not a good team. They have flashes of looking very good. Yep. But Memphis, with the new players, looked so much better. Like, their attack yeah. has improved. I agree with you, Evan, that I think their defense is fine, if not decent. Um, and they just have had trouble scoring. I think Hartford could maybe take some notes from the improvement Memphis just had. Uh, Pony, any thoughts on their defense if you've seen them? 
I mean, I agree with everyone saying, I said Memphis is the outright unluckiest team in the USL so far this season. Mm. They should have got points from, they should have probably got all points from Birmingham. They should have got a draw against Louisville. They probably even should have beat Charleston a few weeks ago. Mm. They just, they just have these weird things where they either hit the post or get a bad call. And they're not a good team. They're never going to win the cup this season, even if their luck was neutral. But they are not a team that should only have one win this late in the season. If you had to guess the team that's going to improve most in, port, in points gained per game, I'm probably taking Memphis right now. Hmm. So is that is that your uh, underachiever, Memphis? No, that's actually not going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you move into yours? Underachiever, it's going to be a team that I don't think anyone sees coming because I'm very frustrated with them and have been for two years. Sacramento Republic. Well, <laughs> they could have been but, <laughs> but I live there and I don't want to have problems mm-hmm. so my underachiever is going to go out east and I'm taking Nashville who is yeah, just that's right I don't understand Nashville I spend earlier in the season I started trying to pull up a stat yeah. to say hey look when they allow a goal they can't win I wonder how long that goes back that streak is almost a year old at this point. They have and won states in two different time zones. It's yeah. just really weird. They have won one game out of 24 USL games they've played when they allowed a goal. You can't be a good team and do that. I mean, they have, they're going to MLS next year. They have all those advantages they have at Cincinnati had. They have the ability to attract players. They have Tam Gam. They have everything. And you can't win a game when allowing a goal. Nashville will never be a top team until they do that. And while they are going to be mid-table, they're going to make playoffs. I think a lot of us had them as the favorite to win the cup coming into the season. And the way they're playing, they are not the favorite to win the cup. They'll be lucky if they make the East semifinals at this point almost. I mean, it's That's weird to say, but they're just not strong, as strong as we all thought they were going to be. And that's why they're my underachiever. You could be an underachiever and be a mid-table team if everyone thought you were going to be great. Nashville is currently six in the East with their two losses this year being a 1-0 defeat at home to St. Louis and a 3-1 loss on the road to Charleston. Both good teams, though. I think their next match, their next match is going to be really crucial because it's a home fixture against Tampa Bay Rowdies, and that's going to really set the tone of where they're going to be yep. set. I know we were going to touch on it when we were talking about Alan Koch, but did they make a mistake uh, kind of anointing their current head coach as the guy going into MLS? I don't think so. And I'm going to say this because each situation is different. Uh, you know, I like to think about what would happen if Pulis were to stay here now that St. Louis is, you know, maybe odds on favorite to go to MLS in the next several years. Sure. Do we keep Pulis? Is he better off being an assistant for a little while? Um, and the thing about Pulis is Koch's seemingly biggest weakness is, you know, having a certain style and really sticking to it and building a team that way. Well, that's a really strong thing for Pulis. But is he able to move to the next level, a la who we did not mention earlier, Bob Lilly, right? Does anyone, you know, Bob Lilly is one of the most successful USL coaches um, right now. But but you don't want anyone that plays that style. I know, that's worrisome. But I think all those things like, come, into, come into the thought process. Would FC Cincinnati take Bob Lilly if it would mean they win, even though it's boring? For a couple of years, they might. They wouldn't because there's so many teams in the East that press so hard that Lily wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> Give him the ball. <laughs> yeah, and then you're right. losing four nothing every week. With you, and and I, I agree. Like, or something. I but, wanted to uh, shout him sorry. for an MLS position, but I just I'm not sure he could handle that. And, and there yeah. are a lot of coaches that can't. And Nashville's oh. coach, St. Louis's coach, both may be those people. Right. What, what if what if these teams that go up to MLS? I mean, this might be out of out of the. Uh, out of left field as an idea, but what if they take their USL coaches and say, Hey, you've done amazing work for us at this level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, would you accept in this, like a, the main assistant coach position, if yeah. we can find a head coach that is going to, you know, take us to the next level. And, but we want you to be here to help build these players into the culture we're trying to develop, they right. help develop that type of thing. I mean, is that, like even something anyone even considers, would that offend the the current USL head coach? I don't know, but that's something to like try to go a different direction, but still keep, you know, trying to continue to build what you've got going on right now. If that if, if any of that makes any sense. Oh, I don't know. 
you just gotta have to play it from who the coaches or their reputation and their ego if they would be okay accepting an assistant coaching job at MLS that means they can stay with the club maybe you offer them and it's like hey you'll be the maybe if you even said the MLS 2 coach they may even turn that down but then you see uh, Luchi Gonzalez do what he's doing you know (laughs) Um, but that's academy it may be different yeah the the one in like I like Kev's idea because I like that you have a guy that's still bridging that gap for those guys that were in USL and now are in MLS that can kind of go you like you could go up to Gary Smith or whatever and say, Hey, I'm freaking out. Like what you know what's going on? Um or just, you know, a familiar face in the locker room or whatever, so that you're not completely out of your depth or something like that. Mm. I I'm not super negative about the Nashville Gary Smith bringing him up just because he was an MLS 1.0 coach. And I know that that league's changed drastically as far as what they do and, and what teams he's going to have to look at and everything like that. Um, but I think he could have done worse. Um, Every situation is unique. And I think so, you know, FC Cincinnati's situation is unique. Nashville's situation is unique. St. Louis or Sacramento, you know, if they go up, it's it's going to be a unique situation. But oh, before that, you know, Orlando was unique. Portland was unique. All of it, yeah. But yeah. it's just one of those things, like, I haven't – and who knows, maybe people have talked in the, in the back offices and ideas like this have come up, but it's one of those things where I haven't seen yet. Right. And you know, maybe maybe someday we'll see something that kind of works out like that. Who knows? Yeah. Um Guys, let's hit the team. Uh, or Kev, I'm sorry. Let's talk about your uh, your underachiever. Well, it's. I mean, you know, I am most more familiar with the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, so I'm going to do a little bit of a cop out here. But um, with the way that the conference stands, you can really pick out pretty much anybody from 12th to 16th or 17th and say they're an underachiever. Um, so, you know, I'll go, I could, I could literally go with anybody. Pony already picked Sacramento, um, Real Monarchs, Phoenix, San Antonio, Colorado. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to pick, but let's go with Phoenix. Cause they're kind of the ones we expected to be at the top of the Western conference and still nine games in, they are uh, struggling down in 15th. You know, the, the points they're like, they would be one game, one win to jump immediately up to fifth. That's how close the table is. But it's still it's it's weird seeing Phoenix down in fifteenth place still. Um, I'm, I'm sure that they're, they're going to turn it around, but so far un, underachiever in the West for me. I'd like to point out I did not actually pick Sacramento. I said I could have. Yeah, I shot at Sacramento at him. <laughs> no, I have some oh, faith. Right. Yeah, you you because yeah. right. if I had to pick someone out in the West, it might be them. Huh. Um, <laughs> I think at least one thing Phoenix has going for them is their goal differential is at plus four, which is what the equivalent of T2 and Tulsa have. So it's they're scoring. They're just not getting the desired results. They have five draws. Yeah, and to me that's something you can build on, not fall on, although it could hurt them. I don't know. It could go either way, but. It depends on I mean, how you can the conference is close. The draws could kill you in the end, but they could help. But you're right. The idea is that you are still getting points. Not getting all the points, but you're still getting points. You're still going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I'd say in the West at the moment, they're really uh, New Mexico's the only side that break away from the top, and Tacoma's the only side that set themselves up from the bottom. But any other team between second and seventeenth is pretty much still in the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kev, I want to hear you talk about T two because I wanted to pick them as possible fallers. I think you did, right? Like that, they're going to come down. Yeah, because they're my. I pick them for my overachievers. So, so yeah, I definitely think that they're going to come down. Um, they've got a game in hand on the top two teams in the West right now. So, if they win the next one, which is I believe the twelfth uh, against Tacoma, so very likely given the current status of the two teams, um, they would jump them to first. But I definitely did not see them. Um, leading the West for a good portion of this early season or staying in the top two, top three, like they have been uh, almost the whole season. There haven't been any change, any like big changes with them. It's, it's all kind of the same people, uh, same coach, same system, same players, mostly that uh, got T2 to their first playoff berth uh, last season, you know, which was a big step, 
big improvement for them. Um, so it, 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 even though, you know, I knew that they were going to be building on that. I just didn't know if I didn't think it would get them further. You know, I, 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 I think I had them mid table, maybe pulling in like seventh to 10th place. Uh, if I remember correctly, um, you know, potentially getting in the playoffs again, but now you look at other t- other MLS two sides that start off season strong. Um, the the big obvious one being Real Monarchs, who in the past seasons have started off well and then fallen off completely. You know, could that happen with T two? Any number any number of reasons any number of things can cause that. Particularly if Portland was would the first team would continue to do bad and start pulling players from this two side that was doing quite well. Um, that's changed, so that might not happen as much. Um, you know, you all, or if you play more, if the first team plays more games, gets in the U S open cup, um, or injuries happen, you know, the two side can see all kinds of things that will disrupt their chemistry that they're building and they can be the slip. I would like to point out with the uh, real monarchs, they are currently 14th in the table, but they have 17 goals allowed and conceded. Hmm. Which seems like that's more goals conceded than I would expect given that they're, they got that really awesome keeper. He hasn't played every game. So whoever his backup is then sucks. <laughs> Probably. No, I'm just kidding. Well, they just are hit and miss. I'm looking at real monarchs and the worst three games. They allowed 12 of those 17 goals. Yeah. Um, I would- and they're, they have 11 points, and a win would jump them all the way up to fourth. So the West is still incredibly tight. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, real quick on a serious note, uh, positive vibes to Mr. Solomon Asante, Phoenix Rising captain. Lost his dad earlier in the week. Mm. So uh, that sucks. But uh, take your time coming back because it's not a fun one. Um, for sure. So, um, but yeah, you know, the West, like you guys said, is just absolutely wide open and I'm not worried about Phoenix in the slightest just because of the amount of depth that they have on, on that team for sure. Um, did anyone miss their second? I feel like we moved on, on one or two people. I, uh, I have a second and it's not that I think they're going to like come up. It's just that I think they're fantastically bad and I really want to talk about them. Um, guys, Hartford athletic or not, not a good soccer team got a draw they did they got a draw against another not good soccer team in charlotte and they will in fact play another man team in memphis on the 10th uh so there's that we'll see how that goes mark and as far as record but i can't promise they avoid that in ELA. both uh both hartford and tacoma have dropped substantially i think they're down in the 1030s now for elo ratings and usl so their losses, uh, Atlanta United to Charleston, Louisville, Indy, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Red Bull, and North Carolina, Drew Charlotte. Um, so it's not like they've had a ridiculously hard opening schedule. Um, I think their problem is that they only average about 43% of the ball, which is not great. And they've only hit at the most six shots on target. They have a couple games with five, but they're really not getting good looks on net. Um and, then, and their passing success isn't great. Yeah. 71%. Their long balls don't hit very well. They're only at 42% for those. They pass 83% in their own half, which makes me think that they want to build up through the back or just that no one's pressing them. Yeah. I don't know which one is which. But they only pass 60% when they get up into the into the upper half of the field for them. Um, not too great on crosses. They've hit 102 in the open play and only hit 23 successfully. Um, I don't know if they should start trying to pass the bloody ball into the net or what. But um, it, it's weird. Like, CM DeWitt seems to be the guy for this team. Like, both <sighs> defensively and as far as distribution Even, and attack and things like yeah. that, or at least starting things. And, like, y'all, that's a center back. It, I mean... And they don't play, like, Guardiola or Klopp, or, or I guess to make it more, you know, home, they don't play, like, Red Bull, or they don't play, like, Phil Union where it's you build up through the back and you're passing and you're constantly moving and you're looking for space and things like that. Like it, uh, they just don't look good. And their defense looks 
sluggish. That's the problem. That's the problem because everything you said is spot on, but that's like Jimmy Nielsen teams right there. OKC yep. was just like that when he was there, except yep. they defended like the Dickens. I mean, they were so good at defending, so they is were that, fine. Is that a conference jump thing? Is it just that teams in the East are a little bit more I think it's like pressing? a mix of that and the new USL is just better and it doesn't just work every time anymore. Bob Lilly's struggling, man. You know, yeah. like a lot of people are not adjusting well enough or players they thought were good two years ago all of a sudden aren't good enough anymore. And it's a surprise to some of these guys. Right. So to me, that, that's been a big shift this year. There are a lot of players that have always been pretty solid or pretty good and coaches have left and come back and trust these guys and they're just not good enough anymore. I think it's gotten but that much better. I think that happens when you expand the league and you get all this expanded coverage. Mm -hmm. You can't just have these players just or teams exist in their own kind of bubble when Lily was in Rochester and not every game was on. You would just like hear results of Rochester. Like, right. oh, yeah, they're so good and stuff. But now that since every game is on, you can watch every game. You can study film. You can break down all of this stuff. And then if you yeah. throw in the fact that we've had seven expansion teams this year, on any given day, that's 77 new players potentially playing on the pitch. And it's just, it opens up a lot more opportunities for these players cool. that are currently in the league to get bossed around or beaten at their own game. And if you look at your player pool, teams are trending younger and teams are trending more globally. You know, globally. So, well, and, and, you know, more Spaniards and more, more Jamaicans and more guys from Trinidad and things like that. Guys who have more technical prowess and the ability to just burn people yeah yeah the level's I mean, raised so that they can go get german third division guys now and they won't hate it here you know? i mean i think what's big is now that you're seeing teams who expanded into markets that hadn't had a soccer team or a pro soccer team prior to it especially like birmingham and new mexico who didn't have massive professional sides around it you could argue that nashville should have been capitalizing off of Memphis's land prior to this, but mm -hmm. the fact that they have these new expanded territories has led to a benefit for those places and expanded player pool to pull from. Ryan, your points are spot on. You did a really good job there. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. But you haven't gone yet with Yuri too, right? <laughs> no, uh, my uh, two side that I wanted to um, at least not really yeah, harp on, but just kind of say that they've been underachieving it's a mls two side of swope park rangers now i'm not sure if the uh, conference yeah. i'm not sure if the conference change has done anything to really hurt them um, it certainly has played a factor they don't adjust as well as st louis who has the ability to switch conferences at will <laughs> <laughs> but they were a playoff side last year and made it to the western conference semifinals before losing to phoenix 4-2 in that final they had 15 wins 52 goals scored through their first seven games last season, they had 13 goals scored and 11 goals allowed. Through this year, they've allowed 17 goals and haven't scored 11. I'm, cer I'm certain it's basically just a lot of players have uh, kind of left the side. I mean, Felipe Hernandez is their leading goal scorer with two goals at the moment, but it just it doesn't seem like this is the Swole Park Rangers scene we've known of seasons past of a somewhat reliable playoff side or a team who's made two consecutive who has made two USL Cup finals. Right. I, I, th I just think it's the conference change for them. It could be in part, but I mean, even out West, Swope was never a great team regular season. The best they ever finished was fourth. This is a bad start, but they were never the number one team. They were never the team to beat out West. They just turned it on come postseason every year. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting if they're able to turn it on, but it's, if first they have to at least get the chance to turn it on. If they don't have a good enough regular season at this point and can't make the playoffs, we'll never know how it'll turn out. It may be one of those that they'll have to wait another season of getting used to the Eastern Conference because this is completely opposite travel. They'd always, always, they would have the benefit of at least time zones that they would be able to go back, and they're, now they're at least going forward, having to play on the Eastern Seaboard. So Ryan, what's your other other one that you picked? Oh, that that was my two. I had oh, New I'm Mexico sorry. as my overachiever and yeah. Swope as my underachiever. I think Swope's staying right where they are personally. Kev, I 
I don't blame you because if any of anyone else's teams on this podcast were in this position, we would be doing the same thing. So I'll just ask you, why are Timbers 2 actually really good this year? Consistency. Fair. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's, they're built, like I, like I mentioned earlier, they're building off of what they did right last season. And I mm-hmm. think last season is the first season where they actually did this two side correct. You know, Cameron Nullis um, instilled in them what they needed to have, you know, developed them well, got them to their first playoff berth, um, and and they're building upon that. Nothing's really changed as far as uh, the player personnel. Um, They brought in Roy Miller, uh, signed directly to T2. You know, first team uh, didn't renew his contract, brought him in. All that worked out, I think. Um, but again, you know, are they going to be able to keep that going for the whole season? The next couple of games, um, I think the up with Tacoma and then hosting El Paso after that, uh, you know, they'll probably do fine. I think the, what's going to be key to see how they do is the game after that, where I think they host RSL or uh, Real Monarchs, if I remember right. I don't have the schedule up in front of me, but they have one at the end of May that looks, I think is going to be their, their next tough game to see how they do. And from Yeah, they have Tacoma, El Paso, Salt Lake. Okay, cool. It is, so it was Salt Lake. Yeah, that's going to be the one I think that's going to kind of like, are they, is this going to, you know, like, because they, they've got two draws and a loss. They seem to be sliding down a little bit. So can they right the ship, get the wins that maybe they you might expect them to get, and then let's see what happens against the Monarchs. If they can continue and up, like continue where they're going, or if they're going to continue to slide. I know this side is someone a uh, pony really wants to talk about, but I feel like in previous shows and just covers the entire season that a lot of people have been sleeping on Fresno. Oh yeah, I thought they might be a riser, but they had a game pony? recently that worried me. Yeah, Fresno is. I don't know how they're getting so little respect right now. Maybe because they've played less games than everyone else, but points gained per game, the number one team out West. And I think you could argue that they're one of the best teams in the league right now. It's not like they're an undefeated team who hasn't played anyone good, and that's why they're top of the table. I mean, they've played on the road in New Mexico, on the road in RGV, on the road in Phoenix and Salt Lake, two wins, two draws in that, and at home against Reno, Tulsa, and Orange County, which one win, two draws again. That is a dangerously good team that I think everyone is completely overlooking. Now, I don't think they're going to win the West. I don't think they're going to keep this up for that long. That defense, which is one of the best out West, I just I just can't see it withstand the test of time. But their offense looks really good. I mean, they have Kava, so that's always bonus points in my book for someone who could score a free kick from basically anywhere in the entire pitch, if at will. And overall... Watching them, they look very solid. They are very playing well as a team, and the defense is surprisingly strong. I mean, I guess they have them as my most likely to regress because of how good they actually are right now. But Fresno is might be the team I have moved up the most in my rankings from preseason to where they are now. I could easily see them finishing third or fourth in the West and being an extremely difficult out. I don't know if you saw it. Did you watch that game against OC where they ended up drawing? Even though they led most of the, most of the game, that one—that's the one that worries me now. That that's like old school Fresno, who looks like they should win a game and don't. Who last unbeaten longer, uh, Tampa or Fresno? So they're the two final unbeatens left in the league. They were down against Orange County two 0 Oh shoot! You're right. You're right. They looked bad in the beginning. So then they got yeah, hit with that Pittsburgh the first special. fifteen minutes looked like a complete wreck. Then yes, they. It did decided to stop playing bad and basically dominated the last 70. Thanks for correcting me on that. But you're right. I I think you're like, oh, shoot, am I (laughs) thinking of the wrong game right now? (laughs) Sorry, Alan. Yeah, Fresno Fresno is sneaky good this year, and I think you could even make an argument they're top three in the league at this point. Dang. Yeah. I'd argue that Tampa lost some being longer than Fresno. Okay. Um, well, I guess if you go total games played, probably, but timeline, maybe not. Hmm. 
Who haven't we heard from? I think that's all of us now. Yeah, cool. Um, special shout out to uh, dear friend Brian Cook, who gave us a very quick summary of Indy 11. Yeah. He said they can play defense very well. They can play offense very well. They cannot do both of those in the same game, which is their problem. Um, and then shout outs to our, uh, our dear friends over at Mongols, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, uh, who have turned a nil-nil into a 2-2 as the new result of the year. Uh, oh, boy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is finally, I've been saying it for like two years, but I think this is finally the year that uh, time has caught up with one Bob Lilly. I think so, too. We'll see. With you. Hey, everyone, watch the uh, U.S. Open Cup. It's on ESPN Plus, and it's so Do good. It. Do it. Chattanooga lost. Uh, Ford Madison's going to win. Also, uh, if you guys want to go harass one of your soccer players to go join up Austin Deleuze's Playing for Pride initiative, go do that. Tell him to get in touch. Yep. He started it already. Connor Connor Tobin, I think, joined. Chris Wondolowski just joined. Uh, Austin's obviously playing. I don't know who else uh, because they didn't tell me yet. Damn it, Austin. Uh, but that's just a really, really cool thing to see who kind of comes out of the woodwork in a very organic thing because Austin literally just goes around and asks people if they want to do that. Um, and they end up with like, you know, 300 people. Like I think someone in the world cup, the women's world cup is going to do it, which is crazy. So definitely go check that out. Also open cup wise. If you're actually listening live, uh, FC Motown and New York Red Bulls under 23 are going to a penalty shootout right now. Uh, tropics and villages went to goalkeeper versus goalkeeper, which is hot. Actually wasn't goalkeeper goalkeeper. The one of their keepers shot fifth. Oh, Ooh, interesting. that's amazing. Okay. And missed. But you know. Oh, even better. <laughs> Magic of the cup. Magic uh, the, of the villages the will in fact right. play the Tampa Bay Rowdies in the next round, by the way, for those so Oh, good for the fun. village people. <laughs> I always think of the horror film, The Village, rather oh. than village people. I think Am it's I cool. Shyamalan yeah, Shyamalan Shyamalan film. Film. That was scary. Oh, I guess it's not a horror film. Thriller? Yeah. It was it's a more thriller. Funny. Yeah, Ed Swiss was kind of foretold through the uh, kind of first half of the film. That's all. Are we still supposed to be watching a horror movie as a group here at some point? No, yeah, maybe yeah. I don't know. I, just I thought form. our group, I thought our group thing was uh, Dungeons and Dragons USL theme. Oh, yeah, we yeah. gotta we gotta schedule <laughs> dates and things for things and things, boys. Uh, yeah. Life. Um, also, uh, real quick, no spoilers, but uh, I love it in Endgame when Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Thanks, pal. Yeah, that wasn't a spoiler. Yeah, no, 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 no. Because Bruce Willis was dead the whole movie, and Haley Joel Osment was like, "Oh, I can see dead people," and then they figured out that. I <laughs> see. So, yeah, I'm not seeing Endgame for a couple more days, so oh. I'll murder somebody if they. Yeah. So what really happens is Doctor Phil and Steve Harvey get together mm-hmm. and combine their mustaches and shoot off into the sun, and that explodes and kills Thanos. The best. Obviously, that's the first choice of what you should do at the end of the world. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is off the rails. Yeah, it is. Yeah, let's wrap uh, it up. Ended. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the USL show. I'm brought to you by our lovely friends over at the Beautiful Game Network. Hi, Mike. Uh, at the BGNFM or at uh, BGN.FM on the internet. Um, if you want to follow us all, you can certainly do that. I'm at Speak Kevin Speak. Kev is at Kame at Kamish PDX. Uh, Ryan is at ILM underscore Ryan. Uh, Pony had a handle change. Is it the USL Pony now? Just USL underscore Pony. Oh, God, you're too simple. All right, fine. And yep. Phil Grooms is either uh, at SDL Soccer Report or at Phil Grooms 2Ls 2Os. Uh, if you want to follow this whole show, you can do that uh, at the USL Show on Twitter. Go to the USLShow.com uh, to download our episodes in MP3 format before it hits your favorite podcasting sites. But if you wait like an hour or so, then you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, which is still really cool to me, Google Podcasts, wherever you can get your podcast. And if it's not there, let us know and we'll get it there. Um, yeah, definitely check out everyone else on the network. If we didn't talk about a team or whatever and you want us to do that, uh, I guarantee you there's a podcast that does it. So 
Um, go check out all of our friends over on BGN.fm. For the rest of the boys, uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Sorry for the delay of things, but uh, we'll be back uh, more consistently now that we're all settled in on things. So appreciate mm-hmm. you staying with us. Until next time, there's only one rule in the USL show uh, handbook that we have. I do laminate it and send it out to everybody. It's very <laughs> poor use of time and money, but I do it. And that rule is, uh, is don't be a dick. Take care, everybody. Thank you.